Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? We're glad you're here on the What's Up Castleberry podcast. It's Andy and Drew back for episode 43. told me the other day that this is the most exciting exciting part of your week when you get to do that. Can you confirm that for us? Oh, absolutely. I, I've got my announcer voice going on. I am ready to rock, ready to roll. Got my script here. Producer and we have rock. some exciting stories to tell as well on this Castleberry podcast that is made by people of Castleberry for Castleberry people about Castleberry issues, right? That's right. And folks, it's Thanksgiving week. Yes. We are thankful and excited for Thanksgiving. Producer Robin, weigh in, please. Give us a favorite Thanksgiving memory. My favorite Thanksgiving memory was when I was in first grade. I got the chicken pox and I got to eat a Happy Meal for Thanksgiving. Wow, that's nice. That's so, nice. so your favorite part of Thanksgiving was not having to actually eat Thanksgiving food. That's right. Because when I was little, we didn't, we didn't eat a lot of fast food, which is good. So like a Happy Meal was a treat. And because I had come down with the chicken pox, we weren't going anywhere. So through that drive through, eat my Happy Meal. Wow, that is great. Drew, what about you? What's your favorite Thanksgiving uh, memory? Well, I uh, a few years ago, my nephew was actually born on Thanksgiving. Uh, my family was all together. My sister was nine months, very, very pregnant, but wanted to be at Thanksgiving. And uh, about an hour or so before we decided we were going to sit down to eat, she said, you know what? I think I better go to the hospital. And her water broke and she ran to the hospital and had the baby. And so we have a little little turkey, a little nephew named Bennett, who we celebrate every Thanksgiving. <laughs> a little turkey. That's awesome. Well, not growing up in uh, America, I didn't celebrate Thanksgiving until I was kind of in my early 20s. You know, it was really kind of a new phenomenon with me. I was happy for a day off and all the celebration and that kind of stuff. But I, I didn't have my first Thanksgiving until I was like 22, 23. So I guess I must have had a pretty ungrateful childhood or something. <laughs> Do you have a favorite dish that Tracy makes or, or that you enjoy? My wife is an incredible cook as well as been an incredible lady. But I will say that over the last few years, we have gotten the habit of ordering out or ordering in Thanksgiving because it's normally just the four of us. We will do family stuff at Christmas and so we want to relax together and have fun together. And if there's a lot to prepare for just four of us, then that takes some of the fun away. So um, we do that. I'm a big uh, dressing stuffing fan, uh, actually. Very nice. Well, hey, Andy, you were privy as, as well as Robin and uh, our guest, Pastor Ted Wood, to witness something really cool in our community, our Castleberry in the News segment. We got to be involved and engaged with the swearing in of 16, that's right, 16 new Castleberry police officers. Andy, you were involved. Robin was involved. Tell us about that experience. I was involved, uh, as was Pastor Ted, I guess, today in our role as police chaplains. And uh, one of the things that my church did was we helped broadcast 
the ceremony to lots of the families of the police officers who couldn't be here because of COVID and that kind of stuff. And Robin came and lent her production skills to that and we're grateful for that but really it was a very special night our police department only has around uh, 40 45 officers on the street there's many more in admin and and things like that but to have 16 new police officers sworn in at the same time just makes an incredible statement about how well our police department is serving the community It was interesting as well that not only were these officers uh, very young, they certainly made me feel a little bit old, but they're also incredibly qualified, incredibly competent, and incredibly diverse as well. I think even one of the officers speaks French. So if we have any uh, need for a French speaker in Castleberry, we have an officer who could help with that as well. And it really was a celebration. I think it says that our police department is doing something right when they're able to um, hire some of the best and brightest, not just from Central Florida, but from outside of our region as well. So uh, as well as been an honor for me and Ted and Robin to be a part of, it was just a great picture of one of, uh, one of the strongest parts of our community and to celebrate how well they're doing and to celebrate and support these new officers as well. That's well said. And as we have gotten to know Chief Krantz, the the chief of our Castleberry Police Force, he's been very open uh, and conversive about seeking the peace of the city, uh, working with city officials, working with churches and nonprofits and having open lines of communication. And so, Andy, I'm excited to see those conversations, that relationship between the police force and its citizens uh, continue to strengthen and to grow. Yeah, Robin got to see me in my uh, police chaplain's uniform. Robin, what were your impressions of uh, of the night? It was just a really nice, even amongst all the stuff going on in the world and COVID, that we could all take a moment and honor those who are willing to give so much for our community. That's right. It was probably the safest place in Castleberry last night as well, with many policemen in the in the same yeah. area. <laughs> I believe that. Well, thank you, Castleberry Police. And Andy, thank you and Ted and Robin for your contributions in making that swearing in ceremony uh, a really special event for our community. Well, speaking of community, we want to highlight and celebrate those who are serving in the community. Perhaps it's a police officer. Perhaps it's a, a citizen of some other degree and magnitude. Recently, our community member of the month was celebrated when we went over to Castleberry Elementary School and celebrated teacher Kim Young, we're now looking for our December Community Member of the Month. So we're putting this on you, listeners. Listeners, if you have somebody who you know who is serving, leading, inspiring those in our city of Castleberry, let us know. And we want to give them a shout out. We've got a great little goodie bag of gifts for that person. And we'll be announcing the winner of December's Community Member of the Month at an upcoming podcast. You can reach out to us through our website, our Facebook page, our Instagram feed, our podcast feed, all with the name What's Up Castleberry. So get your votes in today. We'll be back with our guest, Pastor Ted Wood. All right, today's sponsor is Deborah Morris Home Team. 
Keller Williams Advantage Realty. She, along with her husband, Chuck, serve Castleberry and the surrounding area and have been serving, providing sellers and buyers with home choices and making housing dreams a reality since 2012. You can check them out at their website, Deborah Morris Home Team. Dot kw.com that's deborah d-e-b-o-r-a-h morris home team dot kw.com welcome back listeners to our favorite part of the show our interview with a very special guest someone who is uh, important in the castleberry community someone who has some interesting information to share with you our guest today certainly fits that category as he is Pastor Ted Wood from Community United Methodist Church. I am sure that you have seen Ted around town in some capacity, or if not, you have certainly driven by the church that he leads on 1792 and 436 Community United Methodist Church. Before we get started, though, we just want to acknowledge Ted today, as we're recording, is a very special anniversary in your life as you celebrate 25 years of being an ordained minister. Is that correct? That is correct. Congratulations. You must have entered the ministry as a child, just a child. Right, right, right. Uh, No, it was right out of seminary. So I was uh, 25 years old and I'll be hitting 50 my next birthday. So very cool. Well, congratulations. Ed, that's wonderful. Well-deserved. Thank you for your service to not only the church, but our community as well. In case folks, you're not familiar, Community United Methodist Church is the pumpkin patch church, as we've belovedly (laughs) named it on a previous episode. I don't know in our world, Drew and Ted, as pastors, whether that's the kind of association we want. I mean, uh, it's nice to be known, but I remember when I was at Aloma, we were the Christmas tree church. And it was like, oh, there's so much more going on than that. We've got a much more powerful message than that. (laughs) But it does help people recognize uh, where they are as well. Let's let the folks get to know you a little bit, Ted. We have a couple quick icebreaker questions, just kind of the first thing that comes to your mind. Ted, it's Thanksgiving week here on the podcast. What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? You know, probably be seafood. I see food and I eat it. So uh, (laughs) that's pretty much it. No, I'm pretty traditional. If it's uh, turkey dressing, my mom usually makes a, a huge thing of banana pudding, all kind of pies. It's Pretty much there's not anything I don't like uh, and, and uh, look forward to at uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Are you the guy around the table, Ted, that if people can't finish their plates, they just kind of scrape their plates off on you? I have been known uh, to uh, steal stuff from my kids and, and finish it up for them, yes. Well, not to do that so much because that certainly catches up with you and ruins you later in life. So, yeah, yeah, got to be careful. <laughs> it does. Drew and Robin wouldn't understand that dynamic yet, but uh, I'm quickly learning it as well. <laughs> so, Ted, you're sitting around your Thanksgiving table. What are your children thankful for this year do you think number one just for being able to you know get through this year I mean I've still got kids that are all uh, in school 
they're older. I don't have any little kids anymore like Drew. Mine are all in uh, late high school or in college. It's uh, certainly been a trying year uh, educationally for them with the COVID outbreak and so forth. I would like to say they're also thankful for good health because we have had a couple of members in our family, myself included, that have had uh, struggles with cancer this year. And uh, we're both uh, doing well now. So I would hope they'd say, you know, thank God for good health and for healing. So, yeah, those two things I, I would imagine they'd be there thankful for. Just to highlight what a small community it is, Ted and I ran into each other this morning at the orthodontist. I was taking Jonathan and he was taking Noel, uh, his daughter, to have her braces off. So I'm sure she'll be grateful for that as well, Ted. If you're on TikTok or Instagram or whatever and you follow her, I'm sure she's blowing it up right now with pictures of her pearly white smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Shout out to Noel. That's great. Well, Ted, this, of course, is the time of year where not only is are we thankful for food and family, we're also thankful for football. Give us a plug on who the best team in the state of Florida is this year. You know, without a shadow of a doubt, I would have to say Drew, the University of Florida. Woo, um, go Gators. So, go Gators, no doubt about it. I grew up just south of Gainesville, and I went to the University of Florida and got my bachelor's there. So I, I cannot deny them at all. I'm a Gator fan through and through, and uh, without a doubt, the worst uh, team uh, in North Florida has got to be the Florida State Seminoles. Ouch. And that goes for any year. doesn't matter if they're winning or not. They, they still are terrible. So. Agreed. <laughs> Ted, we as a fellow Gator, we can say these things because we've been to the mountaintop, but we've also been humbled over That's the true. years. And That's so true. now it's nice to, you know, be, be on the winning side. Yes, uh, it is. Yes, it is. Well, for the half of our audience that is still remaining and uh, are still listening after those comments, <laughs> we'll continue the conversation. Uh, Ted, tell us about your family and uh, tell us what a, a Thanksgiving celebration looks like in your household. I am married, uh, my wife, Alicia, and uh, we have five kids together. We have uh, our oldest son, Cody, uh, and then Joshua, Jeremiah, Noel, and Austin. They range all the way from 22, almost 23 years old, down to 17 years old. So, like I said, all of our kids are older. They're all driving. They're all mostly employed and going to school and a combination of that and so forth. As being a Florida person, too, I mean, I grew up uh, here in Florida, like I said, just a couple hours north uh, around the Gainesville area. And because Florida is such a fluid state, we have so many people coming and moving to Florida. Sometimes it's hard to find a, a native, but I am as native as you can be. My family actually has been living around the Gainesville area, just almost halfway between Gainesville and Ocala uh, since right after the Civil War. I have a, a great, great grandfather who actually was a, a member of the Confederacy uh, and uh, fought uh, in South Carolina. And when the war was over, he moved down to a little place right between Gainesville and Ocala. And he actually uh, not only built there, but founded a town there. It's called Evanston. And uh, that is where I'm from. Still bears his name. And it is uh, pretty much still lived in by uh, descendants of all those original pioneer families that moved there in the late 1800s. So it was a lot of old historic homes with wraparound porches, two-story, you know, gables and columns and all that cool stuff. So it's just a beautiful area to come from. 
very rural, very agricultural, with big cities like Gainesville and Ocala to the north and the south, but lots of horse country and things like that. So, I mean, it's that's where I'm from. And um, my typical Thanksgiving is unusual because since I was born, the only Thanksgiving I have ever known is a community celebration right there in the town of Evanston. There's a park that's right in the middle of town with a big pavilion and basically uh, 1957 to be exact. Some of the older people of the town said, instead of us all eating in our individual homes, why don't we come together in the town park and let's bring all of our food and let's hand share that meal together. And so, like I said, since 1957, that has been going on and that's the only Thanksgiving celebration I've ever known. So being with those 200 plus people uh, in any given year has has been my, my history. Now, this year is probably not going to happen because of COVID. There have been a couple, three years and all of that time that the weather has shut it down and they've had to go to a church fellowship hall or some other kind of indoor setting for one reason or another. But yeah, it's, it's always been a, a communal gathering for me with people that, you know, I can see in my mind's eye that have passed away for many, many years ago, but now I get to spend it with their children or with their grandchildren and many times their great-grandchildren who still come to that celebration. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I grew up in a similar type community and there is nothing more significant in many regards than to have, you know, deep roots and, and really feel a, a part of a, of a community and a family, a fellowship greater than, than yourself. Uh, Ted, obviously community Methodist church, which you lead uh, and serve has been around our community of Castleberry for a long time and, and has deep roots in this community. I know this is a really maybe difficult question, but if you could sum up in one, one thing, what is your personal favorite thing or would you say is the best thing about Community United Methodist Church? You know, community actually was founded here uh, in 1946. So it's one of the oldest churches in Castleberry. And it has seen its ups and downs and highs and lows. It has seen times of great growth. It's seen times of, of just kind of holding together. It has seen a lot of people come and go through the doors, uh, not only to worship, but also through our preschool and through the various ministries that, uh, you know, are a part of the church family. When I was thinking about that question, I was thinking, wow, you know, what are some of the things that I find uh, the best about community? And and I guess they, it all kind of springs from, and this is, I'm not trying to sound cliche like a pastor, but, but they all spring from the faith that is, is very evident and powerful here in this place. I love it that I'm part of a church that, you know, if someone comes into my office and, and has a problem, they have a challenge, they have something that's really weighing them down. I'm not part of a church community where everybody says, oh, we don't know anything, but the pastor can help. I mean, I have scores of people in my church that are very grounded in God's word, in prayer, in life experience, and all of those things that I could say, well, you know what, this person or that person can help help out here. So, you know, just, just a, a powerful faith foundation uh, in this place. I also love uh, how, you know, the idea of, of being able to mentor, how many of, of the young folks that, that come and are part of this place, you know, get mentored on by people here, you know, who have lots of life experience and lots of years of walking with Christ. And that has been such a blessing for families and, and people that are in need of that kind of relationship. I also see it manifesting, honestly, through generosity. I love it that people say, and you know, if, if you come and, and you need help, if you need food, if you need housing, if you need this, that, whatever, you know, community 
has always been a great place for people to find those resources. Um, we just had a lady in our congregation whose home burned down. And uh, it was just amazing that next Sunday to come and to kind of relay that to the congregation and just to see, you know, people respond so positively and with such generosity, I mean, even to the point of saying, you know what, if it takes us getting enough money so we can buy you a house, we're going to do that. Praise God. If that happens, we will. But, you know, just just that spirit of, you know, kind of like in Acts 2, where it says, you know, everybody shared and nobody had lack and nobody had too much. That's wonderful to be a part of, of a congregation and to be a pastor of those kind of folks. It's, it's just such a blessing. The church really does live up to their name being a community. And uh, I love that because of what's happening inside. But we love that because of what's happening outside as you serve the community. And one of the the ways for a number of years, Ted, that you guys have so generously served the community is through your Thanksgiving dinners that you've provided. Tell us a little bit about that, how that started, and what was the, the, the motivation to host these Thanksgiving dinners for our community? So I had to go to a couple of my leaders who've been here a while to get some history on that. So the story goes about 25 years ago, we had people that were beginning to notice here in our congregation that some of our folks would at Christmas time would journey up north to be with their families and would spend that holiday there with the people they loved because a lot of them had moved down here from northern cities, you know, to be a part of this community. But when it came to Thanksgiving, they wouldn't do that. So they would stay here in this community. And a lot of them, because all of their family was still up north or in other places, they were all alone. And so we thought, you know, that's just not right. I mean, a holiday like Thanksgiving, Christmas, anytime is not a time to be alone. And so we decided to, uh, to put this meal together. Two of our members who were very, very instrumental in that were uh, Jack uh, and Bootsy Holian which both of them have since passed away, Bootsy, about two years ago, and Jack just recently, actually due to COVID, passed away. But they were the ones who kind of came together, organized it, got folks to cook, folks to serve, folks to do all of those kinds of things. And it was just well, well, well attended in those first few years. And it was pretty much just for our church to start with. But then it just kind of word began to get out and it became a community event. And now we'll have people come who are not only members here and visitors here and friends here, but we'll have people come that are, you know, from uh, outside the community that we really don't see any other time. We will have homeless folks, you know, who will come in through the doors because they know there is a Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving Day. We will have people come who just want to volunteer. They're not really interested in the food. You know, they may eat, may enjoy that, but they just want to be here and to serve and to feel that fellowship and that sense of service and what it means for them for a, a particular day like that. And, you know, we're just happy to do it because a lot of churches do offer something around Thanksgiving, whether it's a service or a meal or whatever, but there's not many that actually do it on the day. And although sometimes that sort of feels like a burden and you're like, you know, we'd rather be home, we'd rather be this, we, we just feel like it meets such a need that we just, you know, we keep doing it every single year and, and we're always happy when it's over with that we did, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a great thing. We're hoping and expecting 300 guests or so this year which will probably be a, a pretty serious uptick from before. 
we noticed with our pumpkin patch this year that uh, we had a much greater amount of folks coming, not only just to buy the pumpkins, but to come and take pictures and, you know, bring their dogs and their babies. And, you know, we almost always have wedding uh, proposals in our pumpkin patch. And we'll have people that come from miles around and have little family reunions, you know, in our pumpkin patch. It's really just cool. And they all said, you know, we're so glad you had this this year because it feels normal. You know, it feels like something that, you know, we haven't been able to do. And this feels like fall and feels like pumpkins and feels like Halloween or whatever they said. And we were able to just kind of be a part of that. And we thought it was cool. And so we thought, you know, the, 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 the dinner this year is probably going to be the same way, a greater response. And uh, we're going to have, of course, outside dining this year, uh, weather permitting because of COVID concerns. Uh, that'll make it safer for everybody. But we're also going to have a lot of to-go meals for anybody who wants one that we're going to pack up ahead of time and people can take and take home and enjoy together. That's such an interesting point you make about folks uh, desiring to be connected. And, uh, you know, we, I think oftentimes we think of outreach events and probably some of the founders of that, uh, by the way, the name Bootsy is, that's awesome. What a great name. Uh, but the thought being, okay, we're going to care for specifically maybe the homeless, but in this case, maybe it's a, a greater reach than that. It's just folks that are lonely or going through, through various things. Ted, is, as a minister and, and just as a, a man who lives in our community and is around folks with different needs, what would you suggest to individuals in terms of how to respond and care and engage with those that, that have needs? You know, during this time, it's kind of a weird time, and we all know this, uh, whether you're a, a community leader or a pastor or whatever, it's a weird time with COVID because we all are kind of second guess ourselves about, you know, how do we reach out? How do we respond to need? Because we know we have people in our community that um, are afraid. I mean, they're very anxious. Um, they don't necessarily want to have contact with people. I mean, even people that you know. I mean, I have folks in my congregation that they don't want people coming to see them or visit them. They're afraid of what you might bring to them, but they feel happy and safe in their homes or with various family members that, you know, they know and trust. So it's just a weird time. But at the same time, that should never stop us from reaching out. And that's why I'm so glad we have things like technology, like Zoom, uh, that we have uh, email, Facebook, Instagram. We have all these things that we can use right for that. And we have been utilizing a lot of that just to not only keep in touch with our own community, but also to put out, you know, services and Bible studies and, and anything, devotionals, whatever could kind of keep people encouraged, right? I've also noticed just um, I'm a walker in the mornings. You know, I like to get out around sunrise and just get out and walk, you know, three, four miles a day. It's a good time to pray. It's a good time to get my old mind going here. And I just have noticed how many people are out at the same time and they're walking and walking the dogs, taking kids to school. And I have not noticed anybody, you know, not friendly, wanting to connect I think we all want to. And during a time of anxiety and fear, you know, we just kind of have to push past that and, and really seek out and really reach out. And the kind of, you know, peace and, and confidence and assurance that brings to people is, is really extraordinary. I just I see it each day in my own personal life. And I feel like there's a lot of churches, including my own, that are trying to do that same thing. Just be really intentional about reaching out and about responding to needs that we see, because the needs are always going to be there. And we 
can't ever let COVID or anything else stop us from reaching out with the love of God, reaching out as friend to friend, neighbor to neighbor, whatever it might be, and, and seeing what God might do through those efforts that we bring. It's not surprising to hear you say that because uh, as Drew and I have got to know you, you model that in your life, that that love, that hope, that care, um, that invitation uh, for people to connect and not not be alone. So, Ted, we, we're kind of running out of time. Time flies when you're having fun. One question for you as you sit down with your family uh, this Thanksgiving. What is it that, that you are most thankful for? Uh, this year, especially in the the difficult backdrop that we've all faced, I'm thankful. It, it just in my personal life, I'm I'm thankful most of all for faith. Honestly, the fact that no matter what is going on in our world, no matter if we have a pandemic that has shut our world down, has made people lose their jobs, has made people go into their homes and retreat and isolate themselves has led us through a very contentious election that has basically divided our nation right down the middle. All of those things that we've seen, it hasn't changed God one bit. He is still the God who loves us and cares about us. He is still the God who is there to meet all of our needs according to the riches we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, he's still the God who sent his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but could have eternal life. He's still the God who says, I want to come live inside of you by the power of my spirit so that you can go and make a difference in your world. I'm so thankful for that because he has shown me that again and again and again throughout this time that that no matter what's going on in the world, he is still working through his people. He is still showing up in amazing ways in the lives of people every day. And he encourages me each day to get up and go and do whatever I can do to, to touch my community. So I'm, I'm most thankful for him and for the faith that he's given me. And he's the reason I get out of bed every morning. Amen. You sound like a preacher, Ted. Maybe you ought to consider that as a career. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thank you for your 25 years of service. Folks, we hope you uh, have the chance to connect uh, with Ted at a community UMC with the Thanksgiving uh, Day serve event, as well as the opportunity to come to a Sunday service. Ted, would you share with our listeners how people can get in touch with you and contact you about all the things going on at community? If anybody's interested in the Thanksgiving meal, it's going to start at 11 on Thanksgiving Day and run through 1 p.m., I believe. And all you have to do is just show up in your car and you'll be served. There'll be outdoor outdoor dining as well. So uh, please come, anyone, everyone who'd like to. As far as the congregation goes, uh, you can reach us through our website. That's uh, Castleberry Church. That's one word, dot org. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Community United Methodist Church. That's and that whole uh, uh, description there. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, we're at UMC Community. Uh, you can find us there. Or if you're like a lot of people I know and you just like to pick up the phone and do it the old-fashioned way, 407-831-3777. Excellent. <laughs> That's great. Well, Drew, I think this is the first time we've been able to uh, offer our listeners a free meal. Just drive by, pick up some food. It's like Bob Evans, but better food. Can I I say that? Ted, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your friendship to Drew, Robin, and I as well. Thank you for your leadership community. And thank you for communities leadership around our city as well. Uh, You really lead a church that has its arms wide open and uh, lives up to its name of not wanting anybody to do anything alone. And we're very grateful for that. Thanks for being with us today.
Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Have a great Thanksgiving. God bless you. Thank you, Ted, for sharing those words with us. Drew and I were talking off air about what a great pastor Ted is. We shared together that if we wanted a pastor, we would want it to be someone like Ted. You know, I I jokingly said, I'm not sure I would want a pastor who pastors like I pastor, but I would love a pastor who pastors like Ted pastors because he's such a, a caring and a thoughtful guy. His words were inspirational, but Drew, to wrap us up, you have some inspirational words of your own. Would you share those with us? Just FYI to the listeners, we have these inspirational quotes very often, not only on the podcast, but also on our Facebook page. This quote is from John Wooden, the famous UCLA basketball coach. I'm a big basketball fan myself, and I thought this quote sounds about right. It says this, things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. Now, I needed to read this two or three times to kind (laughs) of get the full meaning of what Coach Wooden was saying. Let me read it again. Things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. As I was reflecting on this quote, I thought about my life and, and others around me that I know. Sometimes, in the case of a global pandemic, our circumstances change. We cannot necessarily control and maintain things in the way that in which we would like. Uh, perhaps we've lost a job. Perhaps we've lost someone in relationship close to us. Perhaps there's been difficulty and struggle and strife. The reality is that all things cannot necessarily work out exactly how we hope they would. But as Coach Wooden said, ultimately, things will work out best when our attitude when we make it a priority to make the very best of the circumstances laid out before us. That's a great word, Coach Wooden, and I encourage all our listeners and myself to make the best of how things work out. Drew, thank you. As we head into Thanksgiving, that's a great reminder as well. It's going to be a little different around the Thanksgiving table as we consider what we're thankful for because the backdrop has been a little bit difficult. But that quote does offer us some inspiration and some hope. Friends, as we wrap up this Thanksgiving episode, we want to say thank you to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for helping us grow this podcast. Thank you for sticking with us and learning and growing and coming on this adventure together. I'm thankful for Drew, and I'm thankful for Robin, who makes Drew and I sound so good each week. Thank you to all our guests. This podcast is produced by producer Robin. For more information, we would encourage you to check out our website, our Facebook page, our Instagram, or this podcast feed, all with the name What's Up Castleberry. Please like and subscribe to our podcast, share it with a friend, rate and review us. And until next time, next week, we hope that you have a wonderful week, but we also hope that you have a blessed and a grateful Thanksgiving.